Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for getting ready to tune into a new episode of Shooting Lights Out, the Playmakers blog, and Shooting Lights Out are proudly sponsored by Fanatics. Officials license everything at fanatics.com. Get great deals, great sales with Fanatics. Officials license everything. And also, we're brought to you by Liz. Locker room by Liz. Get your favorite headgear, your favorite hat with your favorite team logo. Get custom jerseys, custom t-shirts, all with Locker Rooms by Liz. That is Locker Rooms by Liz and Fanatics. Now, ladies and gentlemen, time for a special edition of Shooting Lights Out. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, how y'all doing today? Let me get this off the screen real quick. Welcome to episode two of three this week of Shooting Lights Out. I'm happy to be doing this second episode of this week. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to my brother, Shadow Too Real, for the great song. That is the intro and the outro for Shooting Lights Out. You can follow my boy Shadow Too Real on Apple, Spotify, all music platform that they are i love him that's my brother he's done a great job check his music out he does a great thing with his music now episode two right of this week because it's that time of year ladies and gentlemen currently at the time of this recording we have our first full being played out right now we have uh southeast missouri state taking on texas a&m corpus christi down up in dayton right now that is going on right now as I'm as I'm recording. Last time I checked, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi was leading by one. Very uh, contested game right now. Both teams going back and forth. I like what I'm saying from both teams. Nevertheless, I will get to the brackets later in the show because this is what we're talking about. It's March Madness. It's tournament time. It's the best time of the year. Best sporting event of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, some of y'all might feel different, but my favorite sporting event as far as postseason wise is the NCAA tournament. I am ready for it. Speaking of which, the women's, I will talk about the women's tomorrow. And now I have special guest, Miss Megan Price of 806 Sports down in Texas and aka the Queen of Who. She'll be joining me to talk the women's side. I might bring somebody else on and whatnot, but we shall see. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, I'm not going to waste too much of your time because we got things to do. So you already know it. It's NCAA basketball we're talking about. We're talking about the men's right now because it's tournament time, ladies and gentlemen. It's tournament time. But we do have some news to go First news to go over, Bill Self in good condition, set to rejoin the Kansas Jayhawks as they are the number one seed in, and they are the number one seed in their region. That would be the rest region. I would get to the rest region when I get to break down each region and whatnot. Next up. Georgia Tech finalized Damon Stoudemire hire. Josh Passing and Georgia Tech part ways after seven years when it's been an up and down seven years for him in Georgia Tech. Damon Stoudemire currently assistant with the Boston Celtics, the second the team with the second best record in the league, right behind more than Milwaukee Bucks. Um, that's something that you know things things happen like that seven years and. Things ain't get done like you want to, so you have to make changes wherever you can make changes and whatnot. But it is what it is at this moment in time. But Damon Starmine gets a head coaching gig. Shout out to him. Can't wait to see what he does and whatnot. Shout out to him. We'll see how he rolls down in the uh, ATL with the Yellow Jackets. 
Chris Beard is back in the college rankings as he is hired as the old Miss Webber's new basketball coach. I'm happy that he gets another chance, you know, the whole domestic violence thing with his uh, fiance. It was kind of crazy and whatnot. He wasn't charged. She she said that he really didn't do what he what she initially said he did. That can go many different directions, but I'm not the one to make an opinion on that one. I'm not to judge on that one. Nevertheless, he wasn't charged. She ultimately said he didn't really do what she made people think he did. And it's good that he gets another chance to be a head coach of a of a college basketball team. Because he was doing good with Texas, even though Texas still managed to do their thing without him. He had Texas playing some great ball, especially last year, this year. Now he gets a chance to try to do the same thing with the uh, Ole Miss Rebels. The Ole Miss Rebels. Snub Tar Heels are led to skip NIT. Focus on moving ahead. That's right, dear. North Carolina Tar Heels, you know, they, there was a big disappointment and so much I want to speak. So, oh my gosh, you, you know, you know what? You know what? We're going to do this the right way. We're going to do this the right way. I'm going to take a break. We're going to take a break. I'm going to do this the right way. We're going to take a break. The Playmakers blog is proudly to announce that it is sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, where you can get all your official license, sports gear, memorabilia, whether it's for the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, or even International Soccer League, or even college sports. So whip your team, whip the hardware, get comfortable, because Fanatics is the way to go. Where sports fans shop and official license everything. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I had to take a break because, damn it, North Carolina, you're getting a flagrant foul. I said I was going to do this right, and I meant it. Flagrant foul in North Carolina, yeah. There's no secret why y'all getting a flagrant foul, but I'm going to go through it anyway because I need to get this off my goddamn chest. 20 and 13, finished 7 in the goddamn ACC. Matter of fact, your actual record, your ACC record was 11 and 9, I believe. Preseason number one. Don't worry. I'm not on, you can't see me on screen, but I don't need you to see me. I need you to focus on the North Carolina Tar Preseason number one. Going into the season. Number one, North Carolina. Number two, Gonzaga. Three, Houston. Four, Kentucky. Five, Baylor. Kansas. Six, wins the reigning defending champions. Two, seven, UCLA. Eight, Creighton. Nine, Arkansas. Ten. You see the rest of the top 25. Preseason number one is the North Carolina Tar Heels. UNC Tar Heels. The team that beat them in the championship has came in at ranked six to start the season. Most all-time preseason AP number one, North Carolina 10, Duke is nine, UCLA eight. It's the 10th time the North Carolina target is breaking the tie with the Duke Blue Devils of being an AP number one in a preseason, going into a season. 10! That's a decade's worth. A decade's worth. Of the AP, the Associated Press, looking at you and saying, you guys are number one in our country. Okay. Number one. Number one in the books. Number one. This is what the ACC poll looked like going into the season. North Carolina, number one. Duke, number two. Virginia, number three. Miami, four. Florida State, five. Notre Dame 6, Virginia Tech 7, Syracuse 8, Wake Forest 9, NC State 10, and as you can see, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. First place, most of the parentheses. North Carolina got 90 of them. 90 of the first place votes from the ACC. 
there's a total of 111 votes. North Carolina got 90 of them. So there's 11 votes out there. Two went to Duke, two went to Miami. Six went to Virginia. That's 10 right there. And your last one went for the Virginia Tech. Everybody's on the North Carolina bandwagon. And this was the end results. UNC misses tournament. UNC is the first preseason AP number one team to miss the tournament since the field expanded to 64 teams in 1985. We are in the year 2023. Now, if my math serves me correctly, and I believe it does, that is 38 years going on 40. You telling me in four decades, no AP preseason number one team missed the tournament until now. Now let's check my maps, shall we? Yes, 38 years. It's been 38 years since the field was suspended to 64, not suspended to 68, to be exactly. And you're telling me that the North Carolina Tar Heels, you know the school that Michael Jordan went to, James Worthy, Vince Carter, Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, you know, we can throw more names out there if you want to, you know, led by Coach Dean Smith, uh, Ward Williams. But this team, this exact team that was in the national championship game last year, he lost to Kansas after he had a 16-point lead that you blew in the second half, by the way. Amendo Baycott came back. Caleb Love came back. R.J. Davis came back. Leaky Black came back. Hubert Davis is his second year as a coach. And you do this. Now, I have a, yeah, I do have an issue with North Carolina because they thought they should have got in. They did this, did this. I'm explaining to you why. I'm explaining to you why, North Carolina fans. The reason why y'all didn't deserve to get in the tournament and the reason why history was made in the worst way. This is the final standings of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Miami finished 25 and 7 overall, as well as Virginia, both finished with the record 15 and 5. Third is the Clemson Tigers, 23 and 10 overall, 14 and 16. Fourth and tied with the Clemson Tigers is a three way tie. Clemson, Duke, and Pitt all had a conference record of 14 and 6, but the ends went to Clemson, Duke, and then Pitt. Your sixth spot is the North Carolina State Wolfpack at 12 and 8. And then at 7 is the North Carolina Tar Heels at a conference record of 11 and 9. 11 and 9. The Tar Heels have the 73rd overall resume in the country, according to Team Ranks, Team Cast. And our 45th in the net ranking, Carolina has a 2-9 and nine record in quad one games with a 5-4 and four record in quad two opportunities. And the Tar Heels are 13-0 against quad three and quad four opponents. Quad three and quad four opponents don't mean a goddamn thing. Quad one opponents means tournament teams, and quad two means teams that's fighting for tournament power. They could get in, they may not get in. Nevertheless, two and nine against quad one. Five and four against quad two. Here are the tournament teams that the North Carolina Tigers beat. These are the only teams that is in the tournament that North Carolina beat. Starting to be beginning of the season, November 11th, at home versus the College of Charleston. 
102 to 86. You got that? College of who is in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we will get to them when we get to the, let me see here, the uh, South region. In-state rival from Raleigh, North Carolina, NC State. That game was on uh, January 21st of this year. That game was at home in Chapel Hill. 80 to 69. And then your final win, which is the second of your quad one wins, because NC State was your first one, your second quad one win, was against Virginia, who was ranked six at the time, if I remember correctly. And you beat them February 25th of this year, 71 to 63, in Chapel Hill, by the way. So, one, you only beat three tournament teams. On your entire resume, two of them is worth quad one win. That's NC State and Virginia, and you won all three of them at home in Chapel Hill, which means you didn't do a damn thing on a goddamn road. You ain't do nothing on the road, okay? Now what I'm gonna do here? I'm gonna look at the schedule. I'm gonna go back and look at y'all's schedule because let's see. That I'm gonna give you the other opportunity could have had. Iowa State in the Field Night Invitational, you lost as the number one team in the country, 70 to 65. I believe it was a third place game with the Alabama Crimson Tide, who was winning 18 at the time. They beat you 103 to 104 in full overtimes. And then you had the ACC Big Ten Challenge when you went to Assembly Hall to face off with the Indiana Hoosiers. Excuse me. And they beat you 77 to 65. We're going to keep going. Uh, Virginia Tech beat you 80 to 72, and they're not even in the tournament. You beat Ohio State when they was ranked 23rd in the CBS Classic. You beat them 89 to 84 in overtime. Then you beat Michigan right after that for the Jumpman Invitational, 80 to 76. And we thought you was going to turn a corner. Uh, apparently not because uh, you lose the pit to begin ACC title. You lost the first game against Virginia. That was. In Virginia, by the way, 65 to 80, the 80, the 58, 65 to 58. You beat Ray Forrest, you beat Notre Dame, you beat Louisville, you beat Boston College, and then you beat North Carolina State. You use on a one, two, three, four, five game winning streak, six game winning streak, you beat Syracuse, and we about to see North Carolina turn the corner. You beat, you got your revenge against Virginia, that's seven, and then here comes the fall. You lose the pit. At home, you go to Cameron Indos, you get beat by Duke. You lose at Wake Forest. You come back, you beat Clemson. You get beat by Miami. You get beat by NC State. You beat you sweet Notre Dame. You beat Florida State. You lose in the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament. No, you lose to Duke again. Duke goes to goes to Chapel Hill and sweeps the series. And then you lose to Virginia in the quarterfinals. After you beat Boston College in the second round. Not a lot of good wins on that. I just read out there. Not a lot of good wins. You had a lot of losses. But not a lot of good wins. Okay. So now we get here. To the article that actually started this. That started this off. Snub Tar Heels led to skip NIT focus on moving ahead. Yeah, you better. After this disastrous season that was there in Chapel Hill, Gilbert Davis, one of what's going to happen with uh, Amendo Bedcott, what's going to happen with uh, Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Leaky Black, what's going to happen with those guys? All those guys going to say, forget the next season and just go ahead and go on to the NBA. Jump, are they going to come back and wipe that taste out their mouth? Okay, can you guys do what a Virginia did? You know, Virginia made history in the worst way, too. You know, they was the first, they the first and only number one seed to get beat by a 16 seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They came back the following year and won the whole damn thing by clamping everybody down. We thought North Carolina was going to do the same thing after they blew a 16-point lead to the Kansas Jayhawks in the national championship game. But this is where we are at. So how do you feel about this one, North Carolina? You got sweep by Duke. 
you missed the tournament because you only got three wins versus tournament teams. Three. And only two of them was Cabo one win, NC State and Virginia. So, yes, this is Hubert Davis leaving the court after Virginia took them out in the ACC tournament in Greensboro. What's going? What you gonna do? How you gonna bounce back from this one? Cause this is not this is not acceptable for North Carolina. This is this is terrible. North Carolina should not be going through this, but here we are. Terrible resume sucks. Cardio would suck. You beat all the bad teams, but you can't beat the teams that you need to beat. Huh? You lost both games to Duke. Pitt got you twice. Okay. Miami got you. NC State split with you. Virginia beat you two out of three. I mean, you beat up on Clemson, not in the tournament. Florida State, not in the tournament. Louisville, not in the tournament. Who have you beaten to get in the tournament? Nobody. This is why we are having this flag and fire right now. So, no care. As you go into the offseason, as you should. I want you to think about what took place this season. I want you to think, I want you to think very hard. And I want you to figure out how you can wipe this taste off your mouth. Even if your starting five don't come back this time. That means I'm in a bad cot. RJ Davis, Caleb Love, and Leaky Black going to the NBA to resume their actual dreams. Here with Davis, you must rebound from this. You have to rebound from this because this is terrible of what we saw from the North Carolina Tarios. So, yes, y'all got the flame. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Kylian Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Kylian Mbappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Kylian Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally seeing, you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explain this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. All right, welcome back to Shooting Lifestyle. Shout out to my man, the Bear Mail Texas, Alizaka's office. Into the NetFC, so all you soccer fans out there, Follow Into the Net LC on all streaming platforms that you listen to your podcast on. As you can see, we're getting ready to talk March Madness now because it's that time. And uh, to give you a quick update, even though this is recorded, uh, Texas and Corpus Christi has an eight-point lead as they are under a minute to go. So that's something to look forward to. The winner of that game gets Alabama in the South region, and I think. That's where we're going to begin that, ladies and gentlemen. In the South Region, the number one overall CD, Alabama Crimson Tide. They come in running high, doing their thing. They come in with a record of 29 and 5. The SEC champions, regular season and tournament wise. Brandon Miller, despite everything he has been through, he has led this team to. They be champions, and they owe has done a good job with this team, despite everything that has gone on. Like I said earlier, they get the win of Corpus, they get the win of Texas A&M Corpus Christi, or Southeast Missouri State. Nevertheless, I don't see neither one of them team beating and stopping the rule that Alabama is on. I'm just gonna say he'll be here right now. Now my bracket is not fully filled out. I'm gonna fill some of it 
here on the show. But for now, we're just going to make it happen. But I don't see Bama losing to any one of those teams. You have a eight, nine matchup of the Maryland Terrapins and the West Virginia Mountaineers. You have the uh, Maryland Terrapins coming in as a 21 and 12 record. The Virginia Tech Mountaineers at 19 and 14 record. Press Virginia, you know, is always interesting to how how teams prepare for Bob Huggins and that press and that press defense that Virginia Tech likes likes to deploy. With a lot of people call it Press Virginia. Maryland is usually known for having great scores, great ball ball movement, great offensive players. This is going to be an interesting uh, eight nine matchup. The way things are going. I think I like Maryland in this one. I think I'm leaning Maryland on this one. Like I said, my brackets are not filled out, and I will fill it out in due time. But I think I'm leaning towards Maryland in that one. Your 5-12 matchup has San Diego State going against College of Charleston. And College of Charleston comes in with a 31-3 and record. San Diego State 27-6. Uh, this is a matchup that could go either way. San Diego State hasn't been the type of San Diego State team we have seen in the past. Even though they still won, you know, 27 games, they do kind of lack some offensive firepower. Defense is not as potent as it used to be. Still, it's still pretty up there, but it's not as potent as it used to be. College of Charleston, you don't win 31 games for no reason, man. So I'm not, I'm not looking past y'all. But I am leading San Diego State, to be quite honest with you, because you know, San Diego State is known for getting me a, a w- couple of wins in the history of retirement that year. So I'm really leaning San Diego State on that. Your 4-13 matchup, the Virginia Cavaliers, and they'll be facing off with Foreman. Foreman coming in as a 27-17, Virginia 25-7. Virginia still got the, def- the defensive tenacity, but they struggling on offense in Foreman. I watched Foreman in that tournament, and they can shoot. You know, they can they, they can shoot the Brock, you know. They can put the ball in the bucket. So this is going to be kind of interesting, man, you know. As always, you're looking for that 512 upset, that 413 upset, you know, that that 710 upset, you know, these types of upsets that you're looking for, you know. Foreman Mike can get this one because Virginia doesn't really score that well. And if they have one of them one of them days that they just can't put the ball in the bucket, Foreman can catch them. It can catch them slipping. So I'm a little worried about Tony Bennett and his Cavaliers going into this one. But I'm going to give Tony Bennett the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give Tony Bennett the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to leave Virginia. I'm going to leave Virginia on that one. Yeah, since the 11 matchup, Creighton versus NC State. Now, this is a very interesting matchup. Creighton, 21 and 12 from the Big East. NC State, 23 and 10 from the ACC. Don't like this matchup for Creighton, to say the least. Uh. NC State likes to like, likes to clamp down on defense. They like to turn you over. They like to get out and run. Creighton likes to shoot the rock. They like to do half court offense and stuff like that. So, if Creighton guards cannot turn the ball over, they can win this game. But if they do, it's going to be a problem. So, right now, I'm leaning NC State in that one because I think that defense of NC State might be too much. For the Creighton Blue Jays. Your 314 matchup is also an interesting one. Baylor as the three seed from the Big 12 and UC Santa Barbara from the Big West. 27-7. Baylor's been up and down this year. You know, after winning the national championship two years ago, they've been on a kind of a downward spiral lately. When they won it two years ago, they were clearly the top two teams in the country outside of Gonzaga. It was clearly there. Then the following year, it was, it was pretty well. This year, it was a little bit more rough. So, And then you got UC Santa Barbara, that team there. They big, they defend, and they can shoot. So Baylor need to be on their toes because UC Santa Barbara ain't a team to take lightly here. They're not. I'm leaning Baylor. I'm leaning Baylor. But I'm not too sure. I'm going to lean Baylor right now. But that is a tough one. That that could be one of the big upsets. That full, that 314 upset, that could be one right there in the South region. 710, Missouri and Utah State. This going to be an interesting game, up and down, fourth game. Teams that can shoot the ball, put the ball in the bucket. Teams that can defend. 
I'm gonna roll with Missouri because I think Missouri gonna wanna uh get a little payback from not winning the uh SEC tournament because they had to run into Alabama. In the semifinals, I think they take that momentum of disappointment and use it to their advantage. And then your 2-15 matchup, Arizona and Princeton. This is not a type of matchup Arizona needed in the first round. Winners of the Pac-12 going against the winners of the Ivy League. One thing people don't understand about the Ivy League, these dudes are not only book smart, they are game smart too. They know how to prepare for an opponent. They understand. They will. They will study tape. They will study film. They will do their homework, and they will prepare themselves as best they can for the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona be prepared themselves too because Princeton can shoot. Princeton can shoot from three. Princeton has the shooters to keep up with Arizona. I like the big, I like the size of Arizona. So I'm gonna roll with Zona on this one. I'm gonna roll with Zona. But I'm just saying, you gotta be careful when it comes to the you gotta be careful when it comes to Princeton or any teams in the Ivy League. That's the South. Let's head over to the Midwest, shall we? The number one seed in the Midwest is the Houston Krugers. Number one team, 31, 31, what is it? 31 and 3, I believe, for the Houston Krugers, 31 and 3. Just came up short in the American Championship game against Memphis, but nevertheless, they deserve the number one ranking. Uh, they we they'll be facing off with North Northern Kentucky, and I don't see Northern Kentucky having a shot in in a chance. As the Vincent Man music singers for my day to evening, as Vincent Man music says, no chance, no chance in hell. You got no chance. No chance for Northern Kentucky in that one. Your eight nine matchup: Iowa from the Big Ten, Auburn from the SEC. A down year for the Auburn Tigers and Bruce Pearl. Nevertheless, they still did enough to get into the NCAA tournament. Iowa did enough to get into the NCAA tournament. This is gonna be an interesting eight nine matchup in the Midwest. That game is actually taking place out there in the. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Auburn getting the home court advantage. I think that plays a role. I think I'm a slide Auburn night there. I think Auburn getting a little home court advantage there. Birmingham, Alabama. Mm, interesting how the selection committee did that. 5 12 matchup Miami versus Drake. You're talking 25 7 Miami versus 27 7 Drake. Miami, you know, they rolled high. They did well in the ACC. They was number one seed in the ACC tournament. They got taken out by Duke. Drake is a team that you don't want to mess with. Drake won the uh, Missouri Valley Conference, if I remember correctly. That team you don't want to overlook. That team is something not to be played with. Miami could get caught. They could get caught, but I'm gonna roll with I'm gonna roll with the Canes, though. I'm gonna roll with the Canes. I think they do what they need to do not to get upset. I think they pulled that one out. That's the 512. Your full 13 matchup is Indiana versus Kent State. Here's the thing. Uh outside of Tyrese Jackson Davis, Indiana does not impress me, man. They just don't. And Kent State, they they can they can run. They can run. They can ball. This might be my full 13 upset. I think I might go Kent State. Just to let you know. I might go, I might change it when I freshly put my bracket together. But right now I'm going Kent State. I'm going Kent State. This is gonna be interesting. And then we get to the uh, 6-11 matchup, Iowa State versus Mississippi State. The winner of Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. Uh, this could be an interesting one because um, if it's Pitt, I like Iowa. But if it's Mississippi State, I got to think about it. Iowa's great defensively. Number one defensive team in the Big 12. I ain't going to hold you. But if it's Pitt, I like their chances with no problem. If it's Mississippi State, it could get dicey for me. Yeah, I'm saying it's good to get that for me. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Isaiah versus Kennesaw State. 
for your three fourteen matchup. I know people are looking at Kansas State as a chance, but I don't see it. I think Xavier they're gonna take that bitter taste out their mouth of getting destroyed by uh Marquette in the Big East tournament in the Big East championship game, and they're gonna take their frustrations out on Kansas State. Seven ten Texas A and M versus Penn State. Texas A&M coming off a loss to the Alabama Christian Tide in the SEC Championship. And Penn State coming off a loss in the Big Ten Championship to Purdue. Which team can channel the loss in a, in a positive way and advance to the round of 32 in the NCAA Tournament? Thanks, I'm going to leave. I think I'm going to leave Penn State. But what, how Penn State played against Purdue was very impressive for me. But I'm going to leave Penn State right now. And um, then two versus fifteen, Colgate versus Texas. This has been a topic of discussion from from analysts from ESPN that Colgate can match up with Texas pretty well. But you know, I got the queen of who's coming on tomorrow, so I cannot try her like that. So I'm gonna just go ahead and pick Texas for right now, and we'll see how it goes. By the, by the time tournament starts, I might change my pick. On. So we're going to go to the East region next, but let's take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to be the East, as you see. The Playmakers Bar is proudly to announce that it lettered a partnership deal with Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Stream live sports from any device that you have, whether it is your computer, laptop, or even your cellular device. Catch breaking news live when it happens and enjoy a mountain of entertainment from movies to shows to whatever you love doing. Paramount Plus. Plan starts at $4.99 a month, but right now you can get a free trial. Just hit that link below with the Playmakers blog and start your free trial right now. Paramount Plus, Mountains of the Entertainment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to head over to the East region here as we continue on the Episode two of Street Lights Out for this week, the men's NCAA tournament. Your number one team in the East is the Purdue Boilermakers, the Big Ten champions, with a record of 29 and 5. They will face the winner of their first four matchup between the Texans Southern and Frederick Dickerson. Franklin Dickerson. I was going to do something about Frederick Dickerson getting in the tournament over uh, Momick, who actually won their conference tournament, but because of the NCAA, uh, Reclassifying rules, it takes four years, so they couldn't get it. Then, so it's the fact that Fredlin Dickinson was the opponent in the championship game, they get the bid. So that's how that worked out. But I'll deal with that uh, in a different time. Either way, uh, Texas Southern is no slouch. They have been here before, and they have pulled out some upsets, man. So it's kind of hard for me, but I'm I'm gonna roll with Purdue, who matter who wins this one, you know, because. I think with Eden, as you see, if they got the, the main star of this region, I think he's just too much for any team for for a team like Texas Southern or Fairland Dickinson. Yeah, eight nine matches. This is where we get interesting at Memphis versus Florida Atlantic. Memphis, the American champions, twenty six and eight versus the uh, Conference USA champions in FAU. 31 and 3 are the hours of Florida Atlantic. Now, I watched Memphis play against Houston. They were on it. They were not playing around. I really haven't got to see Florida Atlantic, but when you win 31 games, I got to take that to account because you just don't win 31 games in a given basketball season. You just don't win 31 games. I'm just I'm just going to let you know right now. I was on looking at this break. Let me see how many teams won 30 games. You got College of Charleston who won 30. You have Houston, who won 31. You have Florida Atlantic, who has won 30. Or Robinson, who we're going to get to later on in this bracket, who has won 30 games. That's it. Four teams. You have literally four teams who have won 30 games. Four teams who have won 30 games as in a tournament. I don't take that lightly, man. I don't take that lightly. But Penny Hardaway and Memphis, I, got, I think they got the needed that they needed to get their first ever uh, conference tournament championship. I think they can take that and use that to that to their advantage. I'm so promising. Sorry about that. So I'm going to roll with Memphis on this, but I got a feeling it's going to come down to the wire between Memphis and uh, Foot and FAU, though. 
Duke, the fifth seed versus Oral Roberts, the twelfth seed. That third, that other thirty team, that thirty-one team that we just mentioned, and they facing the Duke team who won the ACC. They are rolling at the right time. It's the Duke Blue Devils, but Oral Roberts has been here before. They have upset some teams like Ohio State, my Florida Gators, in one year. I mean, they have been here before. There's nothing new to these guys. But with the way Duke has rolling now, Duke has found their stride. I'm a roll with the Blue Devils now. Your full 13 matchup has the Tennessee Volunteers of the SEC versus the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Ah, oh, that injury, that big injury to that guard for Tennessee is going to be a problem. That is, this has been the trendy 413 upset here because the injury to the guard for Tennessee. People are like how Louisiana plays the plays. I might join them right now. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Louisiana. So, like I said, my, my break is not official. I'm just going through it right now, going off the top of my head with the way I'm feeling right now. So, right now, I'm leaning Louisiana. Your six eleven match is the Kentucky Wildcats from the SEC versus the eleven seed, the uh, Providence, the Providence Flyers. Providence struggled in the Big East tournament. Kentucky didn't look good in the ACC tournament. So, which team? Both teams have won twenty one games or twenty one and eleven. So, this could be interesting down in Greensboro. But uh, I don't know, man. Kentucky doesn't look good. You thought they'll look good, but they don't. Providence had a chance, but they struggled too. This one of those games I just don't know right now. I really don't know. I might lean Kentucky because John Kyle Perry found some ways around this time to get his team playing in the right direction. So I think I'm like I'm gonna lean Kentucky right now, but we'll see how I really feel when the freshman bracket is locked. Your three fourteen matchup is Ken is Kansas State versus Montana State. This is gonna be an interesting one. Uh, the great story from uh, Keontae Johnson, a former Florida Gator. I am happy and pleased to see him playing ball again and played at a very high level because he is the leader of the Wildcats of uh, Kansas State. Now, what can he do? Can he take that and use that to his advantage to give them a, a tournament win over Montana State? The Bobcats, that's not a slouch team. You can't, you're just not going to run over them like most people probably think. But I'm gonna roll with Kate. I'm gonna roll with K State. I'm gonna roll with K State in that one. Then you have a 7-10 match between Michigan State and USC. Uh, Michigan State disappointing year to say the least, but they did get on the hot streak at the right time to get themselves into the tournament. USC same as well. Is looking forward to them and UCLA to be fighting along with Arizona for the Pac-12, but that didn't happen. USC has been struggling. I like Tom Izzo. I'm gonna roll with Tom Izzo and get. Michigan State in that one. Your 215 matchup is Vermont versus Marquette. Marquette, the Big East champions. And I'm just going to say, even though Marquette plays good ball, I'm not picking against Marquette. Smart, smart, smart coach of the year, without question. I'm not picking against that guy. Give me Marquette with no problem. And then that brings us to the final reason. The West region, ladies and gentlemen. As the reigning defending champion, the Kansas Jayhawks are the number one seed in this region. The crazy thing about this region is that Houston region goes to Kansas City. And I believe in the West region, they go out to, I forgot where they go out to in the West region. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's not in Kansas. That's somewhere else out there, farther west, by the way. So that was something interesting. But the Kansas Jayhawks, they will have their first round, and Coastal will be back if you look, if you join if you watch the earlier part of the show. They'll be facing Howard and uh, the defending chance to handle their business on that one. I'm going with KU on that one. Sorry about that. But yeah, I'm gonna roll with KU on that one with no problem. All right, continue on. Your eight nine matchup is the Arkansas Raising Best on the SEC going against the final line of Illinois on the Big Ten. This one, uh, Arkansas does not impress me enough to me to go with them. I'm gonna I'm, I'm lean Illinois in that one. That's gonna be my nine, the team that my nine seed that does that. I'm gonna roll with them. All right, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna roll with them. Okay. 
Your five twelve matchup: Saint Mary Gale versus VCU. The Gales came up short in the uh, West Coast Conference to Gonzaga, and they 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 are facing up with the A ten champions in the Rams of VCU. Ooh, oh boy, oh boy. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just don't know. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to roll VCU in this one. This is a surprise. 512 upset VCU over St. Mary's. I'm, this is where I'm leaning at right now. This is where I'm leaning at. Here's a match of the game. This thing, your 413 match. The 4CDU kind of husky is going against. Iona, led by Ripetino, who is the favorite to get the St. John's job in the Big East. It would be fitting for Ripetino to knock off UConn in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It would be so fitting and lovely for me right now because I'm not a UConn fan. I can't stand UConn. I do love Mighty Cameron. I do love Mighty Camera, I'm not gonna lie, but I don't like UConn. But I'm not, I can't do it. I can't do it. I gotta go UConn. As much as I wanna go Iona, I'm gonna go UConn. Your sister 11 matchup is TCU, and they'll get the rental of Arizona State and Nevada. Now, if TCU gets, if TCU gets Arizona State, I have a problem. But if TCU gets Nevada, I'm good. Arizona State is a this that's a dog. That's a team full of dogs in Arizona State. That's gonna put it like that. Are they flashy? Do they knock your shoes off if they play? No, not really. But Arizona State ain't going down without a fight. As Arizona, okay? When they went to Tucson, Arizona at Arizona's home court and knocked them off at the buzzer. Arizona State is they going down swinging. You got to put Arizona out of their misery. And there are times this season where TCU don't put teams out of their misery. So that's a problem for me. So until I watch this game, until I find out who TCU's playing, I can't make a solid pick on them. I have to see who they pick. I got to see who they play. Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon is your 13-14 matchup, even though Grand Canyon plays on plays good ball. I like what they do. I'm not picking I'm not picking against Gonzaga in the first round. I'm not picking against Gonzaga in the first round. I'm not doing it. Your 7-10 matchup is Northwestern Wildcats taking on Boise State Broncos out in Sacramento. Shout out to Brian Snow Snowman for his Wildcats making the NCAA tournament as a 7 seed. But if I'm being honest, Snowman, I do not like this matchup for Northwestern. There is a good chance that Boise State knocks off of Northwestern. There is a damn good chance. That Boise State wins this game. This is not a very good matchup. Okay. NC State is a one and a half favorite. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. ESPN says that Boise State is a 51.5% chance favorite to win this game. This is not a good matchup for NC State. I'm going to be honest. Right now, I'm leaning Boise State, but I might change it when it's time. But right now I'm leaning Boise State. I don't like this. I don't like this matchup for the Wildcats, no man. I'm sorry to tell you this, but I really don't like this matchup. And that game is Thursday around 7:35. I just don't like this matchup. And then that leaves UCLA versus UNC Asheville. There's question marks around UCLA because they have injuries. And we ain't talking this any injury. We're talking big key injuries. So don't, injuries can play a big role in this one. We'll see how the injury list goes today, but nevertheless, that doesn't stop Vegas from putting the Bruins as a 17.5-point favorite. That's giving them a 90, a 97% chance of winning. But, yeah, I'm going I'm to roll with that. I'm going to roll with UCLA in that one. All right. So that's how I'm going to end this off right here on this episode right now. I'll be working on my brackets today and tomorrow and get down to the final four. Uh, I'm going to see if the time permits that I will give you my final four 
on the show tomorrow. If not, because me and Megan will be talking women's on the women's side of it, but we'll see how that goes. And uh, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, one more thing I need to show you guys. So before we get out of here, uh, let me share my screen real quick so y'all can see. Because if you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, Join the bracket challenge, ladies and gentlemen. This is on our website, theplaymakersbar.com. Shooting lights out tournament challenge, as you can see right here. We are set. Here's the rules. We are doing the tournament for the men's and women's. Both prizes are $100 each, a total of $200. If you, win, if you play for both brackets, if you do brackets on both the men's and the women, you have a chance to win up to $200. $100 goes to the top winner of each bracket so go ahead subscribe to our website go ahead and uh, make your bracket do what you do follow the website follow the follow this podcast as we are going here here's the links right here i'm gonna make sure i post these links in the show notes as well so you can go ahead and get signed up and do what you got to do nevertheless that is it that is all i have right now for today's episode for shooting the lights up so with that being said i'll catch y'all later